Talk Brunch, served hot. Talk Brunch live. Rick Dyer here, aka Captain Brunch, being joined as always with his co-host Destin Soglo Frazier. Worst lip sync ever. <laughs> lip sync. Oh. What did I miss? <laughs> the start of takeover. Oh, all oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, we'll get into that. I heard it. I know. Sadly, mine couldn't. <sighs> well, for anyone that didn't already figure it out, it is the NXT Takeover in Your House 2021 post show. Also, Talk Brunch Live, episode 461. June 13th, going into June 14th. And uh, it was an interesting show. Looking forward to talking about it. As you know, NXT is my favorite brand, but we judge them all equally here. But I, for one, had a fun night. Interesting event. Uh, somewhat filler as far as angles go, but everyone did their best, I feel. So. With that, I will shout you all out in the chat room at the end of the show, but also everybody listening across iTunes and all the other popular podcatcher apps, including iHeartRadio, TalkPrunch.com, Twitch, Facebook. Welcome, guys. One hell of a night. Five matches. And a very lackluster pre-show. Kickoff. Whatever you want to call it. That that was like a raw pay-per-view pre-show. Yeah, definitely. It wasn't something that I was really feeling. But what is with that panel that they're having on these kickoffs or whatever? They don't even bother to call these kickoffs if it's, you know, if it's NXT. They they just call it like a, it's just a regular pre-show. Pre-show. All I know right now is I'm going to need them to glue Sam's hair back on. Sam, because, right? Uh, that man, he, <laughs> he, when I saw him. My first thought is like he looks like we all got cryo froze, woke up like three thousand, like thirty, forty years in the future, and Sam Roberts is still doing do is still doing pre shows. Why too, right? Right, like he looks really weird like that. You know what he? Are, but they were not looking out for his well being. He <laughs> looks like the best. Sam Roberts with no hair looks like a little penis poking out of the fly of an expensive suit. Oh, doesn't he? Not even a shaved one, just unkempt and fuzzy. You know, like not like he meant to pull it out, but just like he was just so disheveled that he didn't remember to zip up. At least that's the impression I got from that panel. I'm going to bring them up on the screen for a minute so you guys can see him. Don't worry, I'm not going to make you have to listen to them. Kylo Ryan. Oops, I guess I broke my word already. (laughs) Damn it, man. Now we're going to get dislikes. Yeah, you know the sad part about it is, George, they won't cut him because he has a podcast, and that's all their qualifications are. Even who who are these people that we would care about their opinions? Like the whole point of having a panel is because we'll be be interested in the panelists' opinions, and in this situation, you're just not. It's like no one gives a crap about these guys. When you see three people, and the only person you recognize is Sam Roberts. You know what's like, bad? Hey, here's that guy who pretends he gives he, he knows anything about wrestling, and then there's these other two guys who are less known. You know what's really messed up, man? 
And we were joking in the chat room about this as it was going on. And I felt really bad. I felt bad, but I laughed at the same time. Until he talked. You could you could ask anyone who's live in the chat room. Until the guy on the right talked. I thought that that was Akam or Razor from the, you remember the tag team AOP? <laughs> oh, and I was yeah. like, and I was over here like, man, COVID didn't do well for that dude. And then when he spoke and it was like a very white English, it surprised the shit out of me. It was like, oh, who is that? I don't know him. Lost and then Willie got short. And then Willie, Willie said that the other guy was Patton Oswalt, and it legit made me look because I didn't think about it until he was doing the interviews. You know, we had him in the ring doing the interviews, and the camera was to the back of him a lot of the time. And I kept seeing that part. And I was like, that does look like Patton Oswalt. And then from the front, he's like a Spanish-looking guy, but man, he's all Patton Oswalt in the back. He's like, he, that's what happens when you get your Patton Oswalt off wish. We got Patton Oswalt. Acom from AOP and Valvinus' penis. <laughs> Unbelievable. Maybe in high school, I guess. But... <laughs> Ooh. You know what it looks like? It looks like he meant to shampoo his hair the night before and somebody replaced it with, with Nair. And he's so shiny. You notice that? Ugh. He's like dirty shiny, though. He's like shiny in the middle of pollen season. He looks like when you turn the graphics all the way up, but it only works on the main model characters and everything else is an NPC that they didn't put too much work into. <laughs> like you could tell what who's going to die in the next cutscene. He looks like <laughs> any time. He, he looks like somebody made his character in Fallout 76 and the hair hadn't coded in yet. Yeah. And it's like, well, why do I care what their opinions are? You know, and I'm pissed, too, because I wanted I wanted to, to go back and do a little bit more work on our, our other stuff. I was like going back and trying to get more highlights. Cause we're going to go over a few of the spots of the Wednesday NXT. And I usually like to go over that a couple of times. I only got to go over it once, not as thorough as I wanted to, because I came here earlier for that 30 minutes in case something happened. you know. But I'm learning the hard way that when it comes to NXT pre-shows, nothing ever happens. Nothing. Yeah, not even like, 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 say what you want about the WWE ones, but something happens usually. Maybe it might not be who you want or what you like, but to have somebody backstage at the minimum, there'll be a confrontation or something new was added to something or a stipulation a or, or a match. Or, or, at the very least, a match is a given, but I just mean other storyline progression. These guys, it was just the three of them. And it's not even like they were informative. Like anyone in our chat room could have done a better job. You or I could have done a better job. It's not, they didn't really say anything that you wouldn't. They just put the guy's names up there and were like, oh, Kyle O'Reilly, he has a one in five chance of winning. You know, <laughs> it's just like, yeah. You know, just things like obvious things that you would say if yeah, you were looking at, like, yeah. yeah, like, and he vowed that this would it's just kind of like, it's just bullet like, points. Those guys didn't really have a pin. You see, this is what I don't like about, and that's why when Sam Roberts, that's the reason he was, a, remember, he was a podcaster just like everyone else, but he, he literally became a robot podcaster. And that's sort of why they, they let him in with open arms, because they're not fans of podcasts. But that's see what I don't like. It's like that commercial dry way of just reading the bullet points and not really like they're not using their brains at all. And you know, what like, annoys me so much about Sam. Sam is the most failed attempt at trying to be a heel because have you ever noticed he always picks people the fans don't like or the or that's supposed to be the heel. Now, once has yeah. he ever actually picked the face? Even remember um when Bianca Belair and Shayna Baszler were feuding. Oh, oh yeah, we were really nasty. I remember that. Reason to not pick Bianca Belair. Yeah, it just pisses me off, honestly. Like when I see these guys, just like why, why is this, why is this like this? Honestly, the problem with this company—they don't pick people who actually know what the fuck they're doing. They just like the next takeover. I'm just not watching until the thing. Like I can't watch this. There's no way I could watch this anymore. There's nothing here. I could care less about these yeah. guys. I've never seen it's the other two guys. If something actually happens on the pre-show. 
I'll let you know. But don't bother fucking wasting the time, which because probably nothing they're gonna probably happen on the fucking pre-show. Like, like I've never seen the other two guys in my life. I would sooner take like a long lost relative, like a long lost uncle, a long lost relative I've never seen who's been here like for a week, and I would take over the opinion of them. At least we share something. Like, who the fuck are they? It's just weird, you know. Anyway, we'll get back to their their, their silliness later. We, uh, we, we, we could but just you know what? Listen to them for a minute. Just listen to how dry the commentary is. This has been a breakout year, some would say, for Kyle O'Reilly. Do you think tonight is the night that he makes it happen? It could be, but you know who I'm talking about? Pete Dunn. No one's talking about Pete Dunn. When he- You're still not talking about Pete Dunn. Everybody's like talking about Pete Dunn, you dumbass. Yeah. And Kyle O'Reilly's been a singles competitor in NXT for like uh, two months. Very generic. They want robots. They want nothing but robots. They want everybody to be a robot by the end of this. They wonder what they the, got Stafford, the Stafford commentators. That's what they're looking for. God, anyway. They say what they want about everywhere else, but holy fuck, at least they just pretend like they give a shit. Yeah, like there's no need for that. That's, that's total filler. And to put that on Peacock, too. Yeah, anyway. Anyway, as tradition on these post shows, let's go into the, the final show, the go-home show first, which will be a little bit more disorganized thanks to me having to watch that mess. But uh, we'll still get through it, as you always say. So one of the things, and I always love these. Let me bring it up. Let me bring on the timestamp before we talk about it. Did you see the Oni Lorcan pull apart? I have seen it. I love it. Oh, my God. And that just brings us as the belt. That's the way you look at it. I got to go a little bit further back on this. Gargano and Pete Dunn. Theory and Lorcan picking up wherever they left off. That motherfucker sounds like somebody just shot his best friend in front of him. You know what I love about Oni Lorcan is we've heard him cut regular promos. Motherfucker just sounds like an average person that you fucking get him with this shit. Get off me! He always sounds like he's possessed by the devil when things like that happen. One of my favorite things. Just want the holy water. Run it one more time because it's so fucking funny. Like, it just... oh man. Gargano and Pete Dunn, Theory and Lorcan picking up. He just hurling people around. That was my favorite part. Was just watching him throw security guards all over the fucking place. Get off me! Oh my god! Oh. <laughs> I feel like at some point we could use a drop like that for something. I don't know fucking what, but something. Damn it! Get off me! Oh my god! <laughs> You're probably good, right? I feel like so- some something would happen that would just warn a fucking get off me. <laughs> Oh, man, it's too funny. Too, too funny. All right, now, as far as the match goes, the first match that we had of this NXT, we had Oni Larkin against Austin Theory. Austin Theory is looking really, really good out there, huh? Yeah, dude's been shining. He could easily be a top person, right? Oh, yeah. Use him like, right. as far yeah, as skill goes. Like, I know he's comedy right now, but in, in ring, he's not comedy. Like, he could really hurt you, you know? And he has fundamentals that are like perfect physique wise and as far as uh like look at oh, this yeah. look at this drop kick for example. Not able to get a grip on only work and having to go to the, a kick and a stop to break that hold right out of the back. And Beth, you brought up the heated backstage scrub this last week. Yeah, again, we saw the intensity oh. between these two. Wow. Oh. He's really good. 
You know, I see a lot of really good stuff coming from him. His form's just really good. And I could see why they keep him around. I don't know why they keep him in a comedy thing. I guess just for now, so he could learn from people who've been here for a while. But yeah, like as far as his match and his stuff goes, all really good looking things came out of him. Um, And yeah, I guess it's good that he's paired with somebody like freaking uh, Gargano as well, because we know that someone was really solid. Him coming back to NXT was the best thing that's happened to him so far. You think so? Yeah, because probably it, would, it wouldn't have worked out on Raw, right? We would have probably he been on that just, release he list, just, man. He, he was just Rollins' sidekick. He was one of Rollins' putties. That was a... Yeah. And, I mean, it's the main roster in NXT. We know that didn't have the best history of work now. Yeah, as a matter of fact, look what happened to the other disciple. Uh-huh. Uh, think about it. Right. <laughs> All three of them. Okay, so maybe maybe this was better for him. Oh, much better. He's in a, <laughs> He's in a group where we actually know his name. He's getting to do stuff. Yeah, oh, amen important. to that. But he needs to do more stuff, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, I want to see more matches like this out of the guy. Uh, what else happened? We had... Uh, that was a long match, by the way. Oh, yeah, that match went And then there was long. a pull-apart with Gargano and a whole bunch of other stuff that happened during that. Uh, the Legato del Fantasma leading into the pay-per-view, this was something that really, really cracked me up. When they came out and they kept showing this guy over and over again, uh, his video of how he got squirm. It's funny because we showed it a couple of times the week before, too. I didn't know it was going to be a thing. Let me bring it up, though. Remember, that was the spot that we showed, right? Then we called it the, like, the, the, um, what the hell do we call it? The Reed Sandwich? Yeah. That's what we called it when we showed it, right? But yeah, they brought it up on the screen here. I'll bring it up for you. With that Reed with cheese. Ouch. Let's see it again. Let's see it again. You definitely had to have cleaned your pants out after that one. Let's see it one more time. Come on, let's see it one more time. Come on, cue it up, cue it up. Somebody's been taking it. You think you're so tough? Hey, big boy, why don't you come in the ring right now? That shit ran like a gif at one point. Oh, he was furious. Oh, man, he did. That's what it looked like that they ran the gif. But then they had the rewind effect. That was funny. They have the, the video editing tools necessary. So, yeah, I thought that was really hilarious. Oh, man. All right. What else did we have happen on this? Uh, you had Killian Dane against Isaiah Scott, who was out there with Ashante Adonis and B-Fab and Top Dollar and all of those guys. Which, what are you thinking of that stable? It's definitely making Swerve, well, it's, it's still kind of growing on me a little bit, but it's definitely making me take him a lot more seriously than I did fucking what, a few months ago when he couldn't, for the life of him, beat fucking Santos? Remember in the beginning when he was on 205 Live, he even stood out. Yeah. You know? That's why I thought that it was a shame that they didn't really utilize the guy the way that they should have. Yeah, you know, it is kind of uh, cool, like, this whole hit rope thing. It's like, it's something for him now. So. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And the I other guy... Just to... him, I remember mm-hmm. watching him when he was Killshot and Lucha Underground. Like, the guy's always had, always had talent and potential. Yeah, he was. Uh, give him something to work with. 
Yeah, he was Shane. Uh, he was Shane Strickland in the Indies, right? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, the stable has a good look to it. Yeah, that that other guy has to work on his promo though, like that popsicle stand thing. <laughs> stood with me. I don't know what it was about that, but it was like, <laughs> let's blow this you know popsicle stand. Because nobody's used that shit since freaking Y two K. That's why it stuck with you. Like I'm someone that had an Atari. You know what I mean? And I'm like, let's blow this popsicle stand. You know, <laughs> like what are you doing? Like, motherfucker, they still have popsicle stands? They like, they weren't popsicle stands then. <laughs> you know how far back he would have to go? Even if you were in the Young Rock era, there wouldn't have been popsicle stands. <laughs> like, was he a time traveler? Right. Wouldn't that be great if that was his backstory? He was just a time traveler. They, you know, he's lucky. If this, was, if this would have been, like, a Russo era, they would have went with that. Like, every time he would, he, they would have had him doing all kinds of shit. And he would have been like, but that's all, folks. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! You know what the sad part? I almost started to say because Roman already did it though. That motherfucker would have came out every week talking about suffering succotash. He would have been. He would have made old school references. He would have been like, "We're gonna make your title shot disappear like quantum leap." <laughs> <laughs> I can't fucking believe you made. <laughs> he would have been like, "L.A. Knight, you ain't no Kit Knight Rider that I know." <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I'm gonna play you like a Rubik's cube. Oh. <laughs> like, how deep does the rabbit hole go for that guy? Oh, good lord! <laughs> like popsicle stand. I mean, he, he don't make a run into a match and he hit somebody with a brick. Remember the fucking brick that big ass fucking Paul E. Dangerously cell phone? Fucking thing came with a strap and had a rotary dial on it. You hit, you fucking answer that thing wrong way, you kill somebody with it. Like, oh my god, shit goes wrong. You gotta call him on his fucking Nokia. Yeah, a little bit too much. You know, he's going to be like, how many licks does it take to get to the Tootsie Roll Center of a Tootsie Pop? Motherfucker in the back eating fucking... Motherfucker in the back during a promo eating fucking smacks. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Looking for the toy at the bottom of a goddamn box. <laughs> Holy shit. Do we just actively the- write his whole gimmick? Right, he's just from the past. Days of, <laughs> days of future past. Yeah, right. He'll be like, hey, Mikey, I think he likes it. Oh, this is the kick cereal, everything. Yeah, he winds up getting, Killian Dane winds up getting distracted by him. He pulls a fast one on him, you know. He does a spy versus spy. <laughs> oh, my God. Scott all smiles. Top down on the outside. Scott focused in. Driving his foot right through the face of Killian Dane. That's a knockout blow. Into the cover. Scott. So, that's unfortunate. You know, yeah, yeah, you know, he had to get out of there quick after the match because, you know, Stacey's mom has got going on. So Even that reference isn't as data as it's popsicle stand. Like, we won't even be able to. <laughs> there's not enough data references out there for that, you know? That's how bad it was. I can't even think back that fucking far. Yeah, I can't. You know, he's he's almost free. He's almost parody free. That's how far back in time that dude there is. <laughs> yeah, you gotta throw his fucking. You gotta throw jokes to him like fucking horseshoes. We're not gonna hit it quite on, but we'll be almost there. Let's blow this popsicle stuff. <laughs> a walking Easter egg after some shit like that. Remember this one time? Remember this one time? Hell yeah, I remember this one. It'd be worse if creative wrote that shit. Which I don't think they did. I wouldn't even discredit them that much. You know what the bad part about it is? I, I've, I, I've fallen so far with this company. I don't trust them. Because, you know, there's always one. Yeah, but they also fix things, too. Like, they also probably are the ones that told Bronson Reed not to come out with a dinosaur around his neck. You know? 
they call it the first thing we see too they're like why the fuck is there a dinosaur around your neck because most people that was their reaction you know that, right i got asked that question a lot that week that's how come i'm talking about this now that's how come you guys are probably thinking i don't even really think about that guess what i had to because a lot of people that week asked me out of all the questions in wrestling why there was a fucking dinosaur around his neck Oh, and that made me think, well, that's a good question. Why is there a dinosaur around his neck? Let me go back and look. And it never really got answered. The only thing I could think of is that somebody in creative went, hey, why the fuck is there a dinosaur around his neck? And somebody put a stop to it. See, that's the filter working. Yeah, like, what was that? See, doesn't it bother you now? It didn't bother you before because you weren't asked it. A lot of you asked me why the fuck there was a dinosaur around his neck. Like, if it's something that happens in wrestling normally that I would have, like, a textbook explanation for. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> uh, anyway. What else happened? You had, uh, what, was, what else was relevant about this? Because we just want to get to the stuff relevant. Okay, of course, we had the singles match of Mercedes Martinez against Amari Miller. Why was this match relevant? Do you know why this match was relevant, Destin? Um, they basically used it uh, to have a moment where uh, Zia Lee basically jumps her at the ramp. That was my favorite thing about this, because right. I like Mercedes Martinez too, not as much as Raquel, but I just like how badass she came off. Because the ambush doesn't work, and I hate to say it because I really like this John Cha gimmick, but I don't like it in the way that they want me to it. I like it in a comedic way, <laughs> and I kind of like that. As tough as they are, dumb shit seems to happen to them. Like that was really dumb. You know what I mean? Like you're John Cha powered up and stuff. And you came here, you ambushed her, and she winds up kicking your ass. Like, look how badass Mercedes. You made her look. You made her look great. Right, look at her. Bye. Throw away. Yeah, I'll kill you, bitch. And then they have to do the pull apart. Just get in the ring, then. Fine, I'll get in the ring. I'll have my match. Ring the fucking bell. Oh my god! It just watch this. She just like, go ran into a big boot. And she's still ready for a match. Well, not only ready for a match, this is official. Martinez fired up. Right crash. And just as quick as it started, Mercedes Martinez. Dead. So it just hit me. What was that? Every time there's a pull apart, we'll play only Lorgan. <laughs> no matter what show it is, if there's a fucking pull apart, get me. Oh, that's awesome. It hit me in that moment, and I was like, wait a minute. This is the second pull-apart we talked about tonight. That's it. Yes, and we have a, we don't talk about it too much, but we have a gilded chat room, probably more for the members that we talk to throughout the week that some of us hang on. It's the only chat room I don't think I've ever publicly announced or linked, put a public link to. Like, if you've never spoken to me personally, you probably don't know what we're talking about. But in there, we, we share links. I remember earlier in the week, Someone shared a link, and it's funny, I'm, I'm like in the city, and I'm just glancing at my phone, and it's an image of uh, Dexter Loomis hugging Poppy, and I didn't know who Poppy was or what she looks like. I don't remember Poppy. Was she here before? Oh, yeah. Poppy's a regular in NXT. I just don't pay attention to that shit. So I'm just seeing it. I didn't know what the hell was going on, because it was just like, it was a still shot of Triple H with this shocked face, and then Dexter Loomis hugging her. And at first, I was thinking that Dexter Loomis, they swerve us that he had a wife, or something like this is like what the like is the swerve gonna be there turned out that he was married this whole time and that's his wife and triple h is just like oh shit <laughs> or what the, like i didn't know what the storyline was at first and then i was like wait a minute is that that puppy girl because at first i remember being something like that so i was like is that the puppy girl that they were talking about at first 
You can go back and look at it. It's in the archives. But I put two and two together before I even got to the angle. Because I only watched NXT before the In Your House earlier today. But by that point, I realized who Poppy was and what the entire thing was. But anyway, the point being, getting back to what happened here, because I talked about it before I even told, told the story. You guys don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Poppy shows up. I should have started there. And she's with Regal and Triple H and everything. And they're doing this thing to push her album. But Loomis comes and gives her a picture, as you're seeing here. Because apparently he's a fan. I thought he's into her, you know. I love how, like, they're just doing stuff with it just to make it weird. And it comes out so funny. Like, I am thoroughly entertained by Dexter Lewis every time I see him. And that was the still... I don't know how you guys did it or if it was it was probably graphically imposed. Oh, it was the other angle. Somewhere around here. Let me see if I could get the shot. It was something <laughs> It was something like that. Somehow Regal wasn't in it, though. Like, it was Photoshopped. It was just them. And I was just like, what the fuck is that? Like, they did an angle with that. And he looks so creepy, man. I'm surprised she didn't think that he was a stalker. Like, someone like that would have stalkers, right? But yeah, they're really pushing this puppy stuff. Well, it's partially because of uh, not only her album, but what uh, Poppy wound up doing later on the night. Right, which we will get to. I didn't forget. I didn't forget. That's why we're still talking about this. But first, there was a tag team match of August Gray and Eichmann Jidal against the grizzled young veterans James Drake and Zach Gibson. Now, you guys have never seen Eichmann Jidal, right? I hadn't before tonight. That's because his name used to not be Eichmann Jidal. What was his original name? Let me bring it up for you guys. I will say this, though. Okay. Eichmann in Japanese is slang for metrosexual. So they're just basically calling him Metro Jiro. In case he... like a Metroid Prime spinoff. No, they're saying he's metrosexual. They're calling him Metrosexual Jiro. His name is Jiro Kurushiro. That's his real name. Okay. His ring name is also Jiro Kurushiro. But they called him Eichmann Jiro which literally means metrosexual jiro. I swear to you, in Japanese, Eichmann means metrosexual. They are calling him, they're calling the guy his name, the same name he was given, his government, but they added metrosexual to the front of it. Because somebody made, made somebody laugh. His name's Eichmann Jiro. I don't know if anyone caught on to this. Remember, this, happened, this only happened <laughs> on freaking Tuesday. I don't know if, if anyone's put two and two together yet. But when I saw that his name was Ike Manjiro, it just made me think, let me look this guy up. Because I know his name can't be really Eichmann. And his name really is Jiro, though. Absolutely. That's almost as bad, like, as if we had, like, Gay Canyon. <laughs> you know what I mean? Instead of just Canyon. Wow. Who you know, like, why Like why would you, like, whether he's gay or not, like, why would you Gay Canyon him? Like, they made, they made this dude Ike Manjiro, metrosexual Jiro. And in the way he's dressing, too, with the whole thing, whether it's his choice or not, it's just funny that that would be the name. Was his name Ike Manjiro anywhere else? I don't think so. Considering that it's under the it WWE had to be. Brand, there's there's no way. There's no way the WWE made him that shit. What I think it is is that WWE doesn't know what it means. Because he got that name probably in Japan where things like that humor is a little bit different. And they just don't know. It's almost like, and you've, you've heard, for example, Ashley, when she's in the room, she's talked about how Bad Bunny will sometimes be cursing the Miz out. But we don't know because it's Spanish. Or at least you know, I would know. But you guys don't understand because it's Spanish. And American television goes over. This is one of those things, in a sense. Because I don't think if they knew what, what, why he was called. Let me see something here. It says he adopted. 
In 2013, he changed his ring name to Jiro Eichmann Kushiro and adopted an Eichmann character. So it sounds like they just moved the words around, I guess. Whether they moved the words around or not, it doesn't matter. As long as you don't drop the word, it's Linda. <laughs> like, imagine if they, if you were a wrestler and they put you in Japan and whatever, and whatever the derogatory form of black person is, they gave you and then your name Destin, like N-Bomb Destin. <laughs> whatever, whatever, whatever that will be in Japan. Just because they, it's Japanese, so they figured they could, they could fucking get away with it. You know, oh like that. <laughs> I just came to NXT and they called me Ninja Destin. Oh, no. They should have given that to fucking ACH. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that would have went over well. We have still probably been talking about his ass now. But... They even called me a Japanese N-word. <laughs> don't, don't give him a t-shirt with some chopsticks on it. He will be pissed off as hell that we will be talking about it for a week. He'll start going into Dave Chappelle's levels of isolation. I can't go nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> We haven't even gotten to the damn. I can't believe you brought that back up. Wow. I said Dave Chappelle that was isolated. Oh my God. We haven't even gotten to the damn. We're still doing a freaking. Anyway, Austin Gray and Eichmann Giro. See how much more uncomfortable it is this time around? And Eichmann Giro versus the Grizzled Young Veterans. It makes it even better that they're Grizzled Young on the other side, right? James Drake and Zach Gibson. Uh, finishes the Grizzle go over despite Champa and Thatch out. They're essentially uh, screwing with them. Yeah, kind of just fucked with shit for a little bit. Mm-hmm. I like the but springboard yeah, leg. Mm-hmm. I like the springboard leg scissors in this match. I will show you on screen here. Wagging those W's in the win column lately. I mean, if you want to be in contention for the tag titles, they should flap their gums a little bit less and focus on building some wins. I've got to be honest with you. I've never seen someone wrestling in a. Whoa! How good he looks. Man, this guy's got some moves, huh? He's got some moves. I was so I was so waiting for somebody on that commentary desk to go, yeah, he's got moves I jagged. So I'm going to be like, no. Oh, boy. But, yep, Eichmann. I don't know how that happened. I mean, normally we say leave things alone. It's just one of those times that I'm surprised they did. Yeah. They wouldn't even call Trump a Sicilian psychopath. Right. He is really good, right? And he hasn't really been to many places. When you look at his resume here, like, let me take a quick look. I'm going to go back. Uh, I mean, he was All Japan Pro Wrestling, the, AG, the AGPW Goro TV champ one time. He was Wrestle One UWA World Champion two times with Yusufumi Nakanao and Seki Yushoka, Yushioka. He was in Wrestling New Classic, the Keto Cup in 2012. He's literally, that's it. That's the whole resume, man. Like... He has not done much. Yeah, but... His father became friends with the elder brother of Tajiri, which in turn led to a friendship with Tajiri himself. He trained with Tajiri, with Tajiri's hustle promotion when he was 14. All right, well... Yeah, see what happens with him. Hopefully see him back. Yeah, I wouldn't mind. Oh, yeah. But yeah, and then next is where probably one of my... I'd say, yeah, probably my top two favorites of the night, because Candace comes out. And she's pissed because poor Indy is so heartbroken. She has left the CWC. <laughs> and she decides to call out Poppy. Well, Poppy didn't come alone. I don't wrestle. But I know someone who does. Mm-hmm. 
He's back! Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, she took some serious time until, off. It didn't hit me until Poppy came out. I was like, wait, shit, he old back. The genius of the sky has returned. Yeah, and that leads to an ass-kicking brawl. Yeah. He wants to wrestle Poppy and EO. Yeah. Yeah, for those who don't know the connection, EO and Poppy are close friends because Poppy has actually done a couple of live entrances for EO Shirai. Oh yeah, I do remember her now. Yeah, and I don't know why I took the tunes with the other four this moment. Take over and once on like a big NXT weekly. Poppy's uh done a, it's a different song from Eel's regular song, but she's done the answers for her twice. Gotcha. Yeah, so the second she realized she was like, I know somebody who does, I was like, Oh shit. Yeah, that's pretty cool. We should have known. I would have known if I would have remembered who the hell Poppy was. Yeah, she doesn't show up in NXT often, but it's often enough to where Fans are starting to realize um, if Poppy's in the building, EO's not far behind. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people must have called it, you know? Yeah. So, uh, finally, we have Ember Moon versus Dakota Kai, which, uh, obviously, with this one, they're not going to have freaking someone going in for a match losing here. But there was an interesting exchange at the end of this that I like that I want you guys to see. Kai and Ember Moon has seen enough. I like their confrontation leading into the pay-per-view. The official pay attention. The champ gets rocked. Me into the punch by Ember Moon once again. Ember Moon too far for the corner. Kai dropped outside. Ember Moon now. She said it's all about Ember's love. Look at that sloppy dive, though. You know, Ember is going to die with those kind of dives eventually, man. Like, she's going to dive from that kind of craziness. This would be a huge momentum-swinging victory for Moon heading into TakeOver this Sunday. As Moon going to the top rope, and Beth, we know what Ember Moon's looking for. Ember Moon is looking at I love the way she was able to hit her with that boot off of the rope. Right. A boot with authority. Really cool. And uh, what else? Anything else relevant in this NXT? Um, the chaos that broke out uh, to pro- to basically promote the the NXT Championship match. So, who are you exactly? He slapped him. Cross. Kyle O'Reilly slapped Karrion Cross. He said, "Who are you exactly?" That's what's led to the beginning of that brawl. <laughs> Cross, I'm not going to lie. I want to talk about it as we get into the pay-per-view one. But Cross, as a big power man, the way he tosses people around is very convincing. It's scary sometimes. You know, like I hear people complaining that he's not athletic. He doesn't have to be. Yeah, right. Like, not every big guy has to be, like, deeply athletic. Some guys could just be big guys. Look at that. Look at the brutality in his moves. Like, Kyrian Cross looks like he kills someone. Like, look at it taking so much to put the man down, you know? Yeah, and we'll get into it when we talk about the match. 
They make Hoss look like a beast and a half in that main event. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they sure do. They sure do. So yeah, that they, that's how they go he home with the. Uh, he definitely improved drastically over when he first got to NXT. They go home with the all hell breaking loose, uh, style of night, where everybody's taking out everybody, which is pretty cool. With the exclamation point coming at the very end, but for me, the ending of this was really obvious. I don't know if it was as obvious to you as it was to me. Like I was literally, yeah. like I was literally waiting for it in my head. Like once he held the title up here, like look at it right here. Like right as he's holding the title up and the camera zooming in on him, I was like counting in my head. Yeah. Watch right, boom, Adam Cole, baby. If we hadn't seen him at all. Adam Cole, baby. Good stuff. Yeah. All right, well, that brings us to NXT. Now we can go back to talking about Sam Roberts. Uh, so yeah. you guys want to fast forward like three seconds to what we don't talk about with Sam Roberts? No, I'm kidding. Who was Naomi Fox? Am I supposed to know her? She was singing the, I guess she sang no, the takeover I, song. I don't think anybody knew who this bitch was, but when I tell you it was the worst lip sync I've ever heard. It was worse than that time Mariah Carey forgot the words of her own song. Like, I wasn't even paying attention to her. It didn't look like she was saying anything at some point. Uh, like, it, in my head, I thought, when you I said like, that, I thought I thought you were talking about us because I pulled I I uh, I I pulled the vocals out of that to make it an instrumental. So it was playing in the background, and you were like worst limp singing ever. I was like, what? Did I not? Did I do a good job getting the vocals? So <laughs> that's what I was thinking of right there because. <laughs> When that performance was going on, I didn't even hear the words. I thought her fucking mic fucked up. Yeah, I don't pay attention That's to how much bad that the stuff. <laughs> if it wasn't for having to make this program, like I wouldn't even pay attention to what the damn, the, whatever the track is. But Holy shit. They wanted yeah. to make you feel nostalgic. They wanted, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of music like TLC. TLC was remembered words. Yeah, that's what you need to bring them back, right? Bring back left eye and right shin. <laughs> And all of those girls. Who's the other one? That was fucked. Oh, right. There's one of them's dead, right? Is the, is the one that's dead the one he that set people's houses on? Is the one that's dead the pyro? Oh, the pyro's actually still alive? You know one of them was a pyro, right? You know what I'm talking about. TLC. One of the girls was a pyro. It was one of those three girl groups. And one of them uh, left eye. Yeah, that was the one, one that was wore the eye patch, I would assume. It'd be ironic if the one that didn't wear the eye patch was left eye. But yeah. I believe she's the one who set her boyfriend's house on fire or some shit. You could Google yeah, it. She, she, she said his shoes on fire in the bathtub and then the, the whole house caught fire. And she started with his shoes? Yeah, they started with the shoes. Was she trying to burn him like a witch? Was he still in the shoes? <laughs> or was it just that they were expensive shoes? Oh, left eye's the one that's dead, see? So the yeah. one who, who was the pyro. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what they say? You either die the hero or... well. Mm-hmm. Fucking Spartan Jesus said, don't go chasing water polos. I'm so done with you. <laughs> I'll keep that oh. advice. If this was a Monday, it would have been jackpot. That would have been the episode title right there. <laughs> that would have been to go home early. Can you imagine putting that up? Oh. People on a, people on iTunes scroll past. What the fuck? <laughs> a lot of the time on Player FM, we, we show up on the top the top uh, wrestling and sports podcast. So it would just be funny, top wrestling sports podcast. And like our top track comes up. Don't go chasing water polos. <laughs> There's some days where I just feel like half the entertainment in telling my friends about the show is just when they see the titles and they give me that, where the fuck did that come from? Look at them like, just listen, kill here. Jeez. Write it anyway, maybe it'll come back. Hey, fuck it. T-Boz, 
Left Eye and Chili. I remember the names now. Hakula remembers everything from the... He, he's better than the guy they have with Squirrel Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. He remembers Popsicle Stands. Oh, I'm having too much fun. Yay. They're like, this, this motherfucker needs to start the pay-per-view part already. <laughs> Which we will. Look, all right. y'all sons of bitches go deal with the comedy, all right? If we had to sit through bald-ass Sam Roberts, you go laugh. Right. But they do their best to make up to the Capitol Center, the Capitol Wrestling Center, and they open the show with a little DX love. note that's also really cool about that june 13th 17 years ago is actually a very special day for those two what was that that was the night they ended their two year long feud in the longest hell in a cell match in record history i'll still never forget when Shawn michaels came back and wrestled in jeans right in the the fucking unsanctioned match of SummerSlam. like i was i thought i was hallucinating like that was my first experience with that where it was like this guy will never come back his back is ruined he'll never and then it was like all right, he's going to have a street fight. Well, yeah, I guess he's going to be able to do, you know, I see what kind of thing they're going to put together. They did that on purpose, too. I remember thinking, yeah, I see why yeah. they would do it that way, because they'll, they'll be able to do certain spots. And then he came out in the jeans, too, which to me solidified, like, yeah, there's going to be one of those throwaway. And then the match happened. I was like, holy fuck. Yeah. I can't fucking. Are you Triple kidding H me? Even, I can't remember where it was that Triple H even said that was supposed to be it. But then he started feeling like his old self again. Yeah, because we so heard he couldn't do like, any of that it, Let's keep going. And mm-hmm. the funny thing is, when we talk about SmackDown tomorrow, it's funny how we passed 17 years of that match, and I got a bone to pick with SmackDown now because of what the fuck I heard. But at least now, uh, he got to do it in Saudi, and we definitely know it's over. You know, like, there's no doubt in my mind. They were, like, everybody thought, oh, it was going to be another, oh, yeah, look, he's still, nope. At I don't that know time. what you people are talking about. The last match I remember him ever having was that last match with The Undertaker. I don't know what this hogwash you talk about with him wrestling in Saudi. Not in my yeah. America. <laughs> Yo, the pole. Oh, my God. Oh, I wish it was Monday. <laughs> <laughs> that was fire right the way, there. Not in my America? Not in my America. I love it. Fuck it. I'm writing it down. I'm looking at shit. Oh, the hits. <laughs> yeah. All right. NXT North American title is on the line as well as the nxt tag team titles are on the line in this six-man tag team winner take all match bronson reed and msk's nash carter and wesley defending all their championships against legado del fantasma's joaquin wilde raul mendoza and santos escobar 
voting results come in with 75% of you saying Bronson Reed and MSK are going to take this. 25% saying Legado de Fantasma with the upset winning the titles. And the finish is MSK's Avalanche Blockbuster into Bronson Reed's Tsunami for the retention. Mendoza died. What was that? Saying, yeah, Raul Mendoza died. Again. That poor baby, right? That has got to be the shittiest feel in your life when you see this big motherfucker jumping off the very top rope. Not middle rope, freaking Vader bombing it, like off the top fucking rope. And yeah, that is really wild. He fucking jumps. So, uh, the story for Act 1 of this match is basically how big Bronson is and how easily he can throw the rest of them around and how little they can do offensively to him. Uh, but And there's like really good innovation there as far as this team goes, MSK and Bronson, considering that they, they're not an actual team. They actually at some points have more chemistry than the Legado de Fantasma guys. But uh, I'm not really sure exactly where the momentum changed. The first thing I remember is Carter... They did that dive party, essentially, which that was pretty cool. Not going to lie about that. We're going to actually. I love, sh- how, I love how the arena came alive when they realized fucking Bronson was about to dive. I didn't believe it until he he lifted off the ground. <laughs> the funny Look thing at Carter. Is, when I saw him look, oh, I was like, oh, oh my God. Wait a minute. Back into the ring. Wild up and over. This thing breaking down in front of our eyes. Uh-oh. Watch Mendoza! Uh-oh! It's raining, man! <laughs> Yo, Beth is on fire out there. Beth has been great out there. I was like, no way! Oh, my God! Big boy So my whole thing was, did I miss the momentum shift or? It happened oddly fast. Like I just blinked and boom, next thing you know, like they're, they don't have the advantage anymore. Yeah, because somehow Legato got control after that dive. Was Wesley the most hurt? during that exchange or was there extra i'm not sure see that's the part that kind of was throwing me off where it was like well what was the reason but all of a sudden so this is what was my issue with the match i guess somehow legato they get control but either way wesley's hurt but he's not even really hurt that long but he winds up getting a hot tag on bronson but it felt really early because bronson was just in he had the momentum for a lot of the match it's like no one really got their heat back from him so then he gets this hot tag and it was really really more like a warm tag um, but aside from that, I give props to Escobar for hitting a Michinoku driver on him because, uh, yeah, that was yeah. yeah, that wild tag team. What was it? It was like a double stomp into like a burning hammer on the outside. Mm-hmm. Like everything they do is either really flashy or it looks like it sucks like hell to take. Yeah. Yeah. No, everything they do is really, really solid. You know, I thought that I was really like, good. I, I, I might even Willie in the chat was like, those two are like, oh, those two are like human cheat codes. And it's so true. And then a call back to what we showed earlier from the Tuesday show. He winds up eating that, that spot again, where he winds up getting smashed on the outside once again. Except worse. It was like a self-fulfilling prophecy here. Um, so overall, you like the match? Yeah, I mean, it, it went by faster than I would have liked. It felt kind of short, but I mean, yeah, overall, I enjoyed it. 
Yeah, it was one of the matches I was more looking forward to, so I wish they would have given it a little bit more time. Uh, but it wasn't terrible either, you know? Yeah. I think I think um, Bronson started to have one of my favorite edges just because when he stomps his foot, they shake the camera. Yeah, I've always liked that about him. A little shit like that just makes me laugh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is very cool. All right, moving along, guys. We have the singles match of Mercedes Martinez against Zia Lee. 87% of the voting results came in for Zia Lee going over with her Jian Xia power-up. 13% Mercedes Martinez with the upset here. Finished being Zia Lee with her roundhouse kick. And then afterwards, they try to ambush her, and they both get their asses kicked. That's what I mean about this stable, how they try to come off strong. But they wind up getting their asses kicked anyway. They, it, it, it's like all that Yang Xia power and stuff doesn't doesn't beat a good old-fashioned steel so, chair, man. You call it Yang Xia power-up. I call it Yang Xia fear of an ass-whooping. Because you would be surprised <laughs> the level of strength and courage you have when you know if you fuck up, you are getting a holy roll of an ass-kicker later. Yeah, she went wild with those chairs. But the funny thing is, she fucked up. How's that? Then she tried to go after Tian Shaw. Yeah, we'll get to that. First, I want to share this for anybody who didn't get to see that part. Wow. I couldn't so, help for it. those on demand. <laughs> <laughs> if there was ever a reason for some of y'all out there to get into the live chat, I'm going to need y'all to understand this. I couldn't we resist. We have Brunchbot in here posting a link. This motherfucker really put Mercedes Martinez beats the Shaw out of them. <laughs> On demand, people. I know sometimes it's late, but damn it, I need somebody on to get y'all asses in here. <laughs> because I saw it and I couldn't fucking ignore it. <laughs> she got the shot beat out of her. <laughs> what kills me, Boa was my favorite one because Boa got, got into the ring, took a chair shot, rolled out, and then tried it again. <laughs> It's like in a fucking card game where somebody pokes their head. It, you know what it is? It's like a fucking it's like the old card games with the fucking NPCs were so fucking stupid. They would just periodically poke their heads out. Boa's their bump guy. Right. Boa the, the bump guy. Ass on everybody. Bobo Boboa. That is a good one, Stasis. You should say Bobo Boboa. Oh my god. Stasis go to bed <laughs> right now. This motherfucker said Bobo Boboa. Bobo Boboa. What the I remember. I, that I remember. Out. I can't believe it. It was a bubble ball reference here. Right, I knew it. I was like, "You <laughs> motherfucker!" My friend showed me that once. I was so pissed off. Like, I he, I think he showed it to me to fuck with me. I was furious. Like years <laughs> later, when they, years later, when I was channel surfing and I found out they made it English, I was pissed. It was like of all the things you guys could have brought here, I never thought I'd see this again. This was a thing that came here. They had their choice. I feel so bad for you because when I saw the title alone, I was like, nope. Nope. It was searching on Adult Swim. When I saw it come on, on and I was just like, mm mm mm. Nope. I, I was way. McGee the first time. I was like, nope. I, never I saw it like at least a year first and just, and I was <laughs> just like, man. Like fucking, fucking shit like that and fucking. God, what was it? Fucking Xander, Renegade Angel? You, no. Mm mm. And I remember seeing it, thinking that's the kind of shit that wouldn't be able to make it over here. And it did, it did, just just like anything oh, else. It was like, yeah, they took it, they took it. I thought I couldn't take it. That's like the second time I had a weird experience like that, like with Jason X. I told you guys a Jason X story. But anyway, let's get back to this pay per view because, like you were talking about, she does get her heat back with that chair, but then she makes the same mistake that uh Caden Carter makes, 
and she goes for Zhang Sha or Zhang Sha, Shang Song, whatever. Don't fuck around, all right. Look at this ass whooping like this. Well, it wasn't really an ass whipping though. It was, it was, it was like she grabs her. She does her claw grab. Fucking threw up her ass around. You know, she, she goes for the, the chin. There she goes. Good sell there. I need to see. I'm so nervous now. First of all, I'm confused because the girl who threw her off his name is May Lin, right? Mm-hmm. I'm unless I'm losing my mind. I've never heard the name May Ling until today. Am I? Did I not pay attention through this whole storyline? Yeah, because I, I thought that was either. I thought that was Yang Cha or Zhang Cha, right? Right. Like I haven't heard that. But name this time, when, when she got out of the chair, they were calling her Mei Ling. And at one point, Beth Phoenix even corrected herself. She started to say Yang Cha, and then she corrected herself and said Mei Ling. And then at the end here, they were like Mei Ling. So we now know for sure that that is Mei Ling. So who the fuck was Zhang Cha? Wasn't the story that they told I about think. an ancient warrior woman who was Yansha, that whole thing they showed that looked like fucking uh, Jade Empire? I'd like to believe that there's a logical reason that's not just that he just changed her name with no fucking rhyme or reason. But then later on, they said Yansha again. So is that now the name of the stable? Because if it is, they didn't mean for it to be because in the beginning, she was Yansha. Yeah, unless I was wrong about this. There was never a Mei Ling. I, I don't even know what they know. Maybe they miscounted the amount of Japanese and Chinese people they had. And we're like, oh, oh shit, wait a minute. We only have three. Fuck. We thought we counted three. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't understand. Somebody explain to me this angle. Because it seemed like I couldn't have been the only one confused because how is it that Beth Phoenix got as confused as I did? And it was right when I had that thought watching it. I was like, Mei Ling, but what about Xian Sha? And then when she went and threw her, Beth was like, Xian Sha, Mei Ling. And it was like, wait a minute. So we're all, I'm not the only one who's confused here. You guys have never said that. You had a whole cartoon. And in that cartoon, they never said Mei Ling either. <laughs> You're making up the Mei Ling part. Go back and find me where the Mei Ling part came from. They're acting like this girl's name was always that. Now they're going to have to make another cartoon and re-explain Jian Sha. Or is that somebody else who's going to show up? Is that who the old man was? Remember there was an old man at one point? <laughs> I, I fucking forgot. I, I just don't know anymore. You remember there was like an old sensei, Sifu, which means, which means master. That guy. Where's Sifu? I can't wait to hear somebody fucking announce Sifu Shansha. Some asshole in front of his couch that you order and take out. What the fuck? No. <laughs> you a dick. <laughs> I'm going to hell for that one. <laughs> oh, God. These jokes are satirical, people. All right. <laughs> yeah, you better say it. You better stamp that disclaimer on that one. Right. <laughs> it's all in good fun, people. <laughs> yeah, but that 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 shit was so confusing because I heard it, mm-hmm. I heard it. It should you not. My mind didn't let me accept that they called her Mei Ling and not Tiansha. Well, what do you think of this match overall? This is their the rematch, match, by the I, way, I, from I the May Young Classic. Yeah, very solid stuff, right? And I love that they refer to their history. The fact that like this is a rematch, like literally four years in the making. And like Xylee never forgot about the fact that uh, Mercedes beat her. See, who says that WWE doesn't have long term booking? They planned this for four years. Four years ago, they saw these two in the ring and they said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to do a long term slow burn angle with these girls. And you're going to lose. But four years down the road, you're going to come back and seek vengeance. And we're going to have you, Jian Sha, powered up. So that's some long-term booking. Take that, ghetto. 
we book so far in advance here. I, I have a tenfold theory. I think that the Mae Young Classic was actually invented just for this Jian Sha angle. It is the longest it angle. It took me till just fucking now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the longest running angle in WWE. Longest running episodic angle in in WWE history. Right, right Michael Cole? This is they four years. A fucking name change. Four years in the making. The whole, exactly, Spartan. The whole May Young Classic was a work. That's how much foresight they have versus AEW and, and all the other companies in New Japan. The whole May Young Classic was a work to get to this point for the young shot nxt history there you go the second tell match me was over we we're like man we're gonna get a shot and then we're gonna call it mailing this that, that, that part of it too that was all that, this all happened back during the may young classic they have the notes going back tell you how badly this motherfucker trolls the shit out of me on this show on a weekly basis <laughs> it took me until he said yon shot to realize he was fucking with me that was literally, like, literally, they were like, look, we want to make a powered-up Asian character, but how do we get there? This was them four years ago at the writing room, that big writing room. With all the this, we, need, we need a powered-up Asian character, but how do we get there? We want her to be Chan Sha. How do we get there? Maybe we could have a tournament of some sort, an all-girls tournament. You see, they worked their way from Chan Sha back, and the reason why there hasn't been a Mae Young Classic ever since is because they never planned on there being another Mae Young Classic. And the reason they never planned on another Mae Young Classic is because there can only be one Tian Sha. Fucking Spartans, you just said Mae Young Classic, Mae Ling, it all makes sense. You see? You see the thing there? Don't fuck with any Mae. It was Mae Ying, I think. I don't know if it's Mae Ling or Mae Ying. Mae Ling might be from Metal Gear. I have to figure out which is which now. <laughs> there was Mae something. But anyway, yeah, there's the Mae Ying Classic. Is her name really Mei Ying? Is it only like literally one word different from one, one letter different from Mei Ying? I think it is Mei Ying. Literally. The girl lost at the Mei Young and then one and got help from Mei Ying. Yeah. Are you are you kidding me right now? Somebody somebody go look this up, please, that the name's Mei Ying. I'm pretty sure it's Ying, which makes this even more comedic. She lost the Mei Young classic and then one got a Mei Ying. <laughs> 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 that's worse than like bibbity and bobbity the fact that they had may young classic the fact that they had may young classic and then she went and got help from may young you said may 19th came started the slow build for it <laughs> what is happening now may the fourth be with you we're gonna be here all night oh my god I'm trying to find this May Yang shit. Jesus will never stop. May I lost at the May Young Classic, so I have to go get May Ying. <laughs> Maybe it's me. Maybe well, coincidentally, me. we never we haven't heard of May Ying <laughs> until fucking today. It's almost like they figured it out the same time we did. That motherfuckers. What happened? What is? Why'd you lose four years ago? I don't know. Maybe it's me. Maybe it's Maybelline. <laughs> Dude, I just looked it up. The name is May Yang. It's oh, Mei no. Ying. So Mei Young, the whole thing, this is all fucked up. Mei Ying of Tian Sha. So the stable's name is Tian Sha because this, this is coming from Wrestling Inc. Mei Ying of Tian Sha attacks NXT. So Tian Sha is officially the name of the stable, even though the story, the folktale, was about a woman who became like a fucking sorceress or something, right? But now they just named themselves that. That's like if I like the, the, the ancient warrior Guan Yu, so I just named my stable Guan Yu or Lu Bei. Our whole stable's Lu Bei. We're all Lu Bei. <laughs> like what the fuck? <laughs> but Mei Ying, I don't want to hear, motherfucker. You ain't help. 
<laughs> but yeah, but that's what happened. She lost at the Mae Young and then went and got Mae Yang. Four years in Megan for this quality writing. Oh. Now they can have a sequel, the Mae Ying classic. <laughs> <laughs> everyone they could please everyone because they can further this angle <laughs> they could further this angle that's four years in the making and then please everyone we planned this they planned this part all along too we knew at the beginning of the may young classic that once we got into the yang sha story that it would be concluding in the may yang classic Nothing with a bunch of Asian girls and the fucking winner gets with <laughs> And it ends with Asians. It, all, it ends with all the Asians. Yeah. And we oh, please China too. We please China too. Think about that. Save Christmas. Like I said, we please China too, which is a thing now in America, right? You have John Cena out there. Now we have a Chinese fucking powered up Jiang Cha powered girl <laughs> that wins in the Mei Ying Classic. She didn't win in the American one, but she won in the Chinese one. And that's what matters more because <laughs> we're a fucking, because we're a fucking country. reverse. <laughs> <laughs> From America to China. Oh my God. She won in China. <laughs> yeah, we are going to have so much Chinese heat. I swear to God. <laughs> yeah, just don't mention Taiwan. It'll stop your push. <laughs> You're right, Spartan Jesus. <laughs> wow. This has been like NXT's the best. There's just so much going on here. So much happening at once. Like that is an amazing thing. Like that, the storylines have have layers. It reminds me that to me more than anything that reminds me of the good old days of wrestling, like NXT. Just because when you like, that's how I used to look at old things. Like in the nineties and the eighties, you look at it and be like, man, there's just so much going on here. Such a weird angle. I can't wait till Tuesday to see what the hell they do with Mei Ying. Now I'll never forget the name of the of the girl. I always forget the name of how to say the stable. Oh man, but yeah, solid stuff. Really solid. I was, I was. This isn't. This has been entertaining as all hell. I, you know, you guys always know. For anyone who, who listens to the weeklies, that's always been one of my favorite angles. I stay with that really long, just because I can't believe the direction it's gone in. They always tell us who does the Mandy and Otis stuff. Tell me who does the Jian Sha stuff. I'm really curious about that. Who's doing this shit? You know, because I want more. Oh God. Credit that person. Whoever, whoever's coming up with that. Martinez, be careful. Stay away from everything May. May Young, May Ying, the month of May, anything. Maybelline. Just, yeah, Maybelline, change, change fucking cosmetic companies if need be. But just at this point, you know, there's too much power here. Oh, my God. Did we even give the voting results for that one? We did, right? I don't even fucking, yeah, I think we did. I'm going to assume 87% for Zia Lee, 13% Martinez. Yeah. Right okay. Oh, million dollar title ladder match. I love how the card that I, that I have up had to explain that that title was vacant oh she's just getting the seven days phone call home now cameron so la knight versus cameron grimes 71 percent of you saying cameron grimes is gonna go to the moon 29 percent saying la knight finish being la knight is the new million dollar yeah. champion pushing and, off a ladder through basically the old ladder bridge trick but it's set up on the ramp on the outside we, we spoke a little in the chat room before this happened and i said that unfortunately I'm not a fan of the LA Knight guy, but unfortunately, I could see creative looking at him as the better choice if you were going to have somebody be a long-term rich guy as a gimmick, like like a Del Rio or Ted DiBiase. Like, if you were looking for that formula, like a rich guy in a mansion with the girls and the cars and the convertibles and the stuff, like, that fits him. 
it fit him before they even gave it to him. It fits his personality. And if creative is just looking for a guy to fit that role and for that to be able to be his thing forever and them not have to worry about it for years and years and him be able to run with that, then that's their guy. Whereas Cameron Grimes, what makes the gimmick funny is the irony. It's almost like the Beverly Hillbillies where he's not supposed to be rich. The irony is that the gimmick doesn't fit him. And that it would be possible, it would be impossible. You would have never thought Trevor Lee, if I would have, if this wouldn't happen, you would have never been like, hey, Trevor Lee should be a rich guy. It just, it's like an ironic gimmick. So unfortunately, uh, I kind of thought before it came out, like I know I voted Grimes, I believe, but I kind of realized, I was like, yeah, they're probably going to want to have the other guy be a million dollar gimmick. Yeah, because you're going to want, you're going to want, I don't think there's ever been a face million dollar champion, but that's, that honestly, the title, it's more built for an LA night. I realized it on NXT because they did a vignette. They did the vignette, the million dollar one with him. You saw where he had the mansion, the car. And I was like, man, that, I yeah. hate to say it, but that looks legit on him. Where it looks funny on Grimes, and I like it more, and I'm more entertained. It look, he looked official doing it, you know? That's, that's one thing, because, I mean, I'm a person, a lot of people know Eli Drake, L.A. and I have always been a fan of his. It fits, it's, it's fit the personality I've always seen him have, which is the arrogant guy of basically, like, everything and everyone is below me so him winning the million dollar championship realistically makes the most sense yeah and i always told you guys when we do this show like i don't always judge the book the the quality on what i wish and what i want versus what they decide to do if what they decide to do works and it makes sense you know and this is like what we talk about on the monday show when it comes to uh, Bobby Lashley and the Hurt Business. Like, those guys looked official. Where it's like, when they came out, like, if, if someone's watching who's never watched wrestling before, it looks official. You would know those are the champions, those are the top guys in the company. Like, without there being a promo or anything. the appearance, And then when they do talk, it, it, it solidifies it even more. And uh, LA Knight, I've never really watched him. I, I might have not seen him, like, in all the six-mans or, or one-night stands, whatever. I don't remember. But the point being, when I saw that gimmick on him, it was like, that actually looks like, like, it makes it look official he like he comes up really like that's his gimmick you know you, you don't want to lose that so i i get yes, it Bart, yes Bart, Jesus. if he starts going dummy yeah again i'm fucking sold but uh yeah it's, it, it definitely works for him you so george is saying he likes grime he, he thinks grime's gonna chase him for the title and eventually get do you think the million dollar title will be a thing though like are they gonna keep that around i mean they've basically again? brought it back that's never been something that's, it's always been more like a gimmick title. If you go back and look at when DBS or even when his son had it or whatever, like it's very rarely been in rotation as something that would be officially a title, you know? It, it usually hangs around for a little while. I don't know how long it's going to hang around this time, but this is the first time that it's been brought back and like they use an actual sanctioned match to decide who's going to get it. So it's got to be in the rotation. I mean, if that's what the plan was, and this was more about having a million-dollar title and less about um, inaugurating a million-dollar gimmick, but to me, I kind of got the impression it was a little of maybe both, but more of the gimmick than the than the thing. Yeah. I mean, well, like maybe like it'll start with the gimmick, and then eventually the title will kind of take a life of its own again. Yeah. By the way, LA Knight fell during his celebration. I saw you. He went to climb up on the turnbuckle with the belt and fell, and he climbed up again. Yeah, I mean, it was hey, quick. The idea. Excuse for a fucking ladder match. So. Yeah, it was quick. It was one of those quick falls, but it that's kind of funny thing. You, you, you had to be looking right at him to see it, but yeah, it happened. But he fell. You know, could climb the shit out of a ladder, but not a turnbuckle. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, it's kind of messed up because you know how I always hear funny lyrics for some reason, especially during pay per views. This was one of those when the Cameron Grimes music. I remember thinking, let me tell you a story about a guy named Grimes. WWE fired me, and now some they need someone who rhymes <laughs> oh, <laughs> because because we're not getting any more stuff from that guy. 
He's not here. <laughs> it was around here in the show, as weird as that's going to sound to you, that I noticed the fans. Because I got so trained to just ignore the Thunderdome screams and everything that I that You do? Yeah, that I looked up for a moment because the angles got really close for certain spots here and they scared the hell out of me because they look like little spirits up there <laughs> with the weird lighting floating. <laughs> they look like spirits in the weird lighting and you hear boo. That's I'm like, me. what is this? It's like a weird atmosphere. That, that's me every time I watch the weeklies. It takes me maybe the first 15 to 20 minutes of the show to remember, oh, there's actual people here. Someone will do a movement that's not Thunderdome-ish every now and then and it makes you like, oh, that was startling. There's a person. It's like the it's like the uh, freaking portraits in Harry Potter. <laughs> anyway, Drag what did you think of this match? Oh my God! Spartan Jesus said it's like they're wrestling in HFIL. Go the fucking best, And Ted, they had Ted sitting out there, right? Like Ted sitting out there in like that chair. They should have gotten Ted one of those HyperX chairs that like goes with like the mic that I have because he looked like a little snug in there, right? <laughs> Like, he needed a gaming chair. They needed to get him one of those Twitch-sponsored chairs because poor Ted was a little bit tight. You know, the only shit that could have made that more uncomfortable was if it had a seatbelt. <laughs> you know, it was just like, damn. I bet he can't wait to get out of that tight little secretary chair. <laughs> what do you think of the match, though? I mean, match was good. I enjoyed it. Definitely some uh, hard, lots of hard ladder bumps in this one. And fucking Cameron Grimes is playing... Quite a bit of his athleticism. I think one of my favorite things I saw happen in the match was at one point, uh, Grimes climbed the ladder. LA Knight tipped the ladder over. Grimes climbed onto the truss, climbed up higher, and then jumped. Yeah, I'm going to show that spot next. Right now, we are looking at where he sets the ladder up one of the first times to climb it, and it becomes obvious that oh, this, this is going to be the fail. Midway through the match, because he'd, um, they, it's kind of funny, they'd mentioned this ladder because this is the ladder they used on NXT to promote the match. And, uh, yeah, he had actually said at one point he had one, he screamed, "I'm going for the gold," and then went looking for that particular ladder. Mm-hmm. The million dollar ladder, as I'm calling it. You need a million dollar ladder for a million dollar briefcase, apparently. Did that? I heard him call the gold. I, I I figured it should. It shouldn't be rocket science for them to come up with that, right? The million dollar ladder. Kind of interesting too that um the million dollar championship was in a case that was hanging above the ring. Like it wasn't yeah. just hanging from the. They wanted to give it some level of prestige, I guess. Yeah, make it something like this is no normal championship that's being hung up there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, overall, I thought that this was really solid. I mean, we know both these guys can go, you know, like oh, the yeah. reputations precede them there. But yeah, you're right. That spot where he, he also the jumping neck breaker. Oh, my God. That jumping he, neck breaker on the ladder set up. And it was set up on its side. That's what's so fucked up about it. It's not like this thing was laying flat. Like, no, he... LA Knight freaking hit him with a, ne- a flying neck breaker on the side of a ladder. I don't know how they safely execute that spot there. I you mean, I guess the ladder the ladder must go sideways before the collision is the only way, but then how do you even physically make sure that that happens? Yeah, I guess you just have to kind of angle it right, I guess. It looked like it was kind of wedged in between the floor and the bottom turnbuckle. So. Yeah, that was brutal. I will share that for anybody that didn't see it, of course. Yeah, these guys kicked the shit out of each other in this match. Yeah, they really did. Okay, I have that up there. What other spots do we have here? Oh, yeah. The one you talked about, where he jumped onto that higher area. That shit was so crazy, because I was like, I didn't know you guys could get up that high. 
That was like Io Shirai height. Yeah, look at that. Look at he got tipped on the ladder. And then he climbed up high. Like he was almost touching the ceiling. Yeah, that is brutal. To the moon. Hey man, and straight to the fucking floor. Like, yeah, right. And comes down the hard way. Motherfucker jumped off the moon. <laughs> ah, yeah. So overall, good stuff. Yeah. You know, but when he hit that bump at the end there and they landed, I could clearly see him and LA Knight talking afterwards. Oh, yeah. So I guess they had to make sure he was really okay after that. Yeah, because he, he, he hit the ladder and then slid off the side of it and hit the floor. So I was like, yeah, that did not look fun. Yeah, no, I got to be careful about that, man. They, they take a lot of risks nowadays, you know? Crazy I mean, stuff. Considering the fact that freaking Cameron Grimes was trained by the Hardys, I guess it's, hey, but you didn't die, though. Hmm. DiBiase, I just wanted to get your thoughts on the new Million Dollar Champion, L.A. Knight. Well, both of them fought hard tonight, but I tell you what, L.A. Knight pulled it out. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I just really want to say I'm sorry. Well, I was sad. To that man. So, what happens now? I see it didn't, I don't know, man. It's not looking like he's going to be the same Cameron Grimes. I definitely want to see the feud continue. But yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting to see where this is going to go next. They took his million dollar gimmick, even though he was the one that actually did it. Right. That's what I figured was going to happen. That's what usually happens in this company. All right. That being said, NXT women's title match, Raquel Gonzalez being accompanied by Dakota Kai, defending her championship against Ember Moon with 88% of you feeling this will be a retention. 12% of you saying Ember with the upset finish being the one handed powerbomb. Of course, of course. Yeah. Catches her out of the eclipse, flips her into a snake eye, where she actually hits her shoulder on the bar between the turnbuckle and the ring post. And then, yeah, one-handed powerbomb to send her home. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we had some interference. Shotzi Blackheart makes her return, because let's not forget Dakota Kai, um, not Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez takes her out. She killed her a few weeks ago, powerbombing her all over the damn yeah. place into every barricade that she could. So she comes out here, and she gets her heat back, attacking yeah, Dakota uh, Kai. Dakota basically plays the... Look it down! Raquel on Raquel Gonzalez! Well, we mm-hmm. Eclipse! Scott! The referee did she put her see foot on there. You bitch. What makes me laugh so much about that? Hold on, hold on. Let me bring that down. Let us say that again. What makes me so? What makes me laugh about that? If you go back to the second Dakota starts running, she doesn't even turn around and she's scared. Like she just knows. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Yeah, and they fight to the back there. Oh, look how she throws them to the plants. I like the plant bump for some reason. But what I definitely like, and I'm starting to realize it more the more I see the eclipse, what I like so much about the way Ember hits it, it's the level of body control she has in the air. Because if you've noticed, she doesn't start turning until she's maybe at the peak of the jump. Mm-hmm. She can hit it from so many good angles, too. Yeah. Like if you if you can go back to the very quick, watch how wild her body movement is when she hits it. She almost doesn't start turning until she's on the way down. It, it's freaking. It's such a visually cool looking move. And like you said, she could hit it from different angles. We've seen her hit it to the outside. We've seen her hit it from long distances too. Like it's a very yeah. intriguing move. So it's 
Yeah, and taking nothing away from Raquel, of course, she had that pop-up side slam that she did that looked really solid. And also, she did like a corkscrew Vader bomb. Looked very cool. Um, Moon has a very ugly cold red power bomb. No more of that, please. Seen it a couple of times already. Don't want to see it again. Um, I did like the the callbacks, several callbacks to the Tuesday show on every single match. The one in this one was the callback to the modified Eclipse because remember Tuesday when they got into the brawl, uh, at one point, uh, Raquel Gonzalez goes for a modified version of the Eclipse. And uh, I mean, I'm sorry, Raquel goes for her one-handed powerbomb and then Ember transitions to a modified version of the Eclipse, nails her with it, dazing her, setting her up for the real Eclipse, hits the top one from there. So this is once again that happening. She hits her with the modified Eclipse here. Again, which was a bit of a callback, uh, which kind of sort of transitions into the ending because when she tries to do that again, it doesn't work out for her because she remembers from Tuesday and that's how she winds up losing the match this time. So Yeah. Even shows even at all this time element um Ember adding a new element to her moves that the fact that now she can hit the eclipse and not even necessarily be on the top rope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It makes this- the move that much more dangerous. We're seeing a lot of cases. Of some of these moves that aren't designed to be out of nowhere moves becoming out of nowhere moves. Yeah, we are. Also, uh, this looked brutal. It sounded brutal. I don't have the audio on this one, but this was the that tornado DDT on the floor on the outside. Oh, yeah. Nasty. That, that looked rough. Yeah, I like these girls working, man. They have solid oh, girls yeah. in NXT right now. I'll drop that in the chat room for you guys as well, for anybody that's on the iTunes Okay. Uh, yeah, I like Raquel. You know, Raquel's one of my favorites. Yeah, that girl's been on fire. Yeah, for sure. So. She came so Look, far from when she threw Tegan Knox to that table and the table said no fucking shit. Yeah, that's definitely a girl who comes off looking like a true badass. Raquel Gonzalez, first and foremost, congratulations on retaining the NXT Women's Championship. But I also have to ask about your friend, Dakota Kai, being attacked by Shotzi Blackheart. Mackenzie. Obviously, they just don't know when to give up, do they? But you know what? I'll repeat it to you again. One by one, line them up. We will take them down. They don't have to respect me, but they will accept me. Porque yo soy la chingona de NXT. And I am your champion, Raquel Gonzalez. Tell them. Damn right. Damn right. Uh, so there's a cut to Todd Pattengale, who's been here the entire time. I've just been ignoring him in this post show. Like I did my entire childhood. So no different. Just another day in the office. But here he is again. And he's playing karate fighters. Remember karate fighters playing it with Dexter Loomis. And uh, and then he experienced gave, the modern joy known as Gamer Rage. Yeah, as soon as I saw them playing karate fighters, it just, I just had this undying level of gratitude for the episode graphic. You know, I was just like, thank you. Sold. Look no further. Karate fighters it is. Then they ask Dexter how his love life is doing, and he pulls one of the karate fighters off of the thing. He breaks it. Very depressing stuff. <laughs> Motherfucker said, you shut your whole mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how Dexter Loomis is better here than he was in Impact just because it's a weird guy in a weird company. You know, like Impact was just a failing company at the time, and he happened See? to be a weird guy. Now it's a weird I mean- guy in a really weird place. I mean, it's pretty easy, especially because the first thing they didn't have him doing was trying to freaking kidnap Christy Hemi. When you don't start at that point, your seal is pretty freaking high. Like, See, all that stuff worked, though. It's just that here he fits into their weirdness. 
It's like he found a world full of his full of his people. Like I say what you want about impact, but everyone there was pretty normal. It was done like nitro. Like the stories were really grounded in most cases, aside from a few things here and there, very grounded television. And then there was him, you know, this really out there character. Now he's this really out there character with a bunch of really out there characters, characters that are superstitious, that do special dance rituals and shit, not to win matches and all kinds of like, he's not the weirdest person. Ain't that a bitch. You know, that's what makes Dexter work here. The popsicle stands in 2021. Like Like NXT's universe is so weird that when you really look at him, he blends in so well that it almost looks like half the characters don't even notice how weird he is. They're just too busy being weird. It's right in. He blends in with the weird. Write it down. I'm kidding. (laughs) Anyway, NXT. It would have worked, right? NXT title, fatal, five-way. Matt, did we give the voting results? I keep forgetting whether or not we did. For the, we, yes, yeah, we, we did. did. Yeah, we, we did. Okay. We did, yeah. So for this one, NXT title, Fatal Five were match. It was voting results came in with Adam Cole, baby, at 43%. Pete Dunne, also at 43%. Johnny Gargano, at 14%. And no one else got any votes. Apparently, none of you thought Karrion Cross was going to retain his title. None of you thought Kyle O'Reilly was going to win. Well, uh, shit. You guys were wrong. First of you all, only thought it was going to be... I, I really hope that, the, that this community's votes doesn't reflect the globe. Because that'll be a lot of pissed off people. Because it really sounds to me like you guys here that we know wanted Adam Cole or Pete Dunne. A couple of you wanted Gargano, but most of you wanted Cole or Dunne. You didn't get it. You know, you know what? I was one of the people who wanted done just because I'm fucking Pete Dunmark. But when I saw the finish, I wasn't even mad. Because basically how this ended was after, God, chaos on top of chaos. Um, O'Reilly has done in, in an ankle lock. And then basically um, a grapevine heel hook. Cole starts kicking, his, start kicking him in the face, so he doubles up and gets both of his legs. As he's doing this, Cross comes behind him with the, with the straight jacket. And I've never seen somebody do so much with just their eyes. Kyle has this look on his face like, fuck, he needs to tap because if he doesn't tap, I'm going to sleep. And basically, Cross chokes him out while he has Cole still in the submission. Mm-hmm. Because you you saw the moment, too, where like Kyle almost made this decision. Like, shit, I can leave it in and try to tap him, or I can just fucking let it go and just mash my gold honker. Yeah, and I, that, that kind of sucks. It was bittersweet. Uh, the voting does intrigue me, though, because I wonder, it, not going by what you guys wanted, but going by what you thought happened, I wonder why so many people thought that Pete Dunne had a chance here. Only because, like, even at the end, like, the promos and everything were Adam Cole and Karrion Cross and all the feuding and shit was them. It didn't even seem like Pete, Pete Dunne was a factor for him to get a vote as high as Adam Cole got. I think what it is, because this is at least where I was looking at it from, for one... It would have been a surprise to have uh, Dunn sneak in the back door and pull out the win. But also, I feel like Dunn's been almost kind of overdue for that NXT championship run, which is with, with as successful as a UK title run as he had. He's never been NXT champion, right? No, he's never been NXT champion. He was NXT UK champion. Yeah, that's true. Mm. Yeah, and he had that title for, God, almost 700 days. So I think what it is, at least from, like I said, my point of view, He's been on the verge of of getting that title, 
and you would figure the chaos of having four other people there, it would probably give him a little bit more of an advantage. Because, I mean, at one point in the match, he hits Cross with the bitter end. And I jumped out of my fucking seat because I was like, holy shit, are they really about to pull the trigger? Yeah, that would have been really crazy. So, uh, yeah, obviously, Karrion Cross retained. I don't know if we ever actually said that. Like, I don't know if it would be something that we need to say. Right. Yeah, this match was crazy. We talked about it earlier. Yeah, Cross was doing big man shit in this match. Yeah, yeah. What are your overall thoughts on the... uh, on this match just as far as the, the five of them the chemistry and everything together like i've heard v- varying things i've heard people complain that when cross is in the match it would slow down the momentum and the athleticism would disappear and then whenever he was outside of the ring it would return like what are your thoughts on that kind of stuff so the thing about carrying cross it's not supposed to be all athletic and all over the place when he's in the match he's a big bruiser who beats the holy shit out of people like, Cross did what he was built to do. Like, he's not going to be he's not gonna be trying to keep up with everybody else when it comes to a speed and a pace. His whole thing is the hard-hitting moves that slow down the matches. Like, I know at one point he hit, I believe it was, I think it was O'Reilly and Gargano. He hit a double Saito on those two. Like, mm-hmm. all of Cross's stuff is high impact. I but did like them catching stuff, him out of the air with that, that sorry to cut your voice, that super kick they just showed, and then, um, Gargano hitting oh, that yeah, DDT. Oh, yeah, because I've seen Dunn get hit with that spot before, but the fact that he got hit with both of them, mm-hmm. like, that just looked like it sucked all kinds of ass. But um, one thing, that one bit of storytelling that I loved in this match was there were multiple points where the guys would basically gang up to try to get rid of Cross for a certain period of time. Like, at one point, they threw him through the door. Freaking the door. And, um, the, the door was like my fantasy come true. Carrying Cross being thrown out the WWE door was like, yeah, at least I can see it metaphorically when it happens. Yeah, I'm going to actually bring that up on the screen so you guys can have a peek here. Funny. Yeah, there it is. Get out of here. Look at that. They've, that they, they called that the bagwell. Look at that. Yeah, we hope you pack like your bagwell. Like, <laughs> the only difference is we don't see him on camera talking about car crashing and shit. But uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's like Sparty, you said, like he's not he's not going to be doing all kinds of super kicks and crazy shit. Like yeah, I don't. Big, I don't. I. He's the biggest guy in the match. He's not supposed to be fast and athletic as everybody else. I think. I think he did a fantastic job. To be honest with you, I think for what yeah, he's he, supposed to do, he, he, he did, worked really he well. Did everything he needed to do. Yeah, it may not be the kind of wrestling that you like, but for the wrestling that they're going for, I think that he did like a really, really good job. Is that like an F five that he hits also? Oh my god, I'm not sure. I know he's hit. There's there's a multiple bring it up different here. moves. We'll see him pull out every once in a blue moon, but I think it might have been. It's just like the F five from hell, yeah, thing. Yeah, it's like it's like a cyclone. Like it's just, you know, I don't even think I've even seen him do that before. I think that was just something on the top of his head. Because I've noticed that every now and then Cross will pull out shit that like you've never seen him do before, and then he'll never do it again. I think they called it an F five too. Might have been, but yeah, I love when um O'Reilly and Cole power bombed him onto the announce table, and the table didn't even fucking budge. Yeah, well, they didn't take the top off of it either. Let's not forget that. Yeah, but then again, I've seen people go through that thing with the top still on, but that just looked like it sucked all kinds of ass. And it wound up spawning one of my favorite moments of the match because after Dunn's taking everybody out, Cross rises from the fucking ashes, and Pete Dunn gets in the ring and just he does his little shoulder shrug like, all right, cool, fuck it, let's do this. Here's the here's the power bomb you were talking about, the one moment of Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole working together. Ooh, uh... 
I'm kidding. <laughs> That's all they were missing, right? Oh, yeah, that looked like that sucked. Well, you're saying that led into what? Um, that basically led into later on, because both, both cases with the door and the announce table, Cross is gone for like some maybe several minutes. Well, Dunn comes to the outside of the ring, and I think after he's basically beaten out everybody to hell, Cross rises up from the table, they make eye contact, and it's just so funny to see Pete do that little shoulder shrug he's known to do. He's known to do. Get to the ring and just like, all right, fuck it, let's do this. And then you just proceed to go in and start beating the shit out of each other. Yeah, yeah, that was a cool moment. I liked it. That's one thing. He has a really cool attitude. You know, his, he yeah. really lives the Shoulder game. Shoulder shrug something I've seen him do before, but it's just funny to see him do it in that scenario. Like, all right, well, fuck it, we're the only one standing, so let's do this. Yeah. Gargano, not to discredit him because he had some good spots here. One of his highlights was that freaking tope, I guess the tope tornado DDT through the through the middle rope. Yeah, I've seen. Yeah, it's it's a yeah suicide dive into a tornado DDT, which I've seen him do more now. Yeah, Whoa, really cool. Yeah, like that double Gargano escape he had on freaking. Oh God, yeah, yeah, freaking everybody, everybody got amazing shit into this match. Yeah, yeah, we showed that a few minutes ago. The double one, that double Gargano lock that he did, and now I'm giving you guys that tornado DDT. And yeah, that's pretty much the the. Long and short of the match. You know? Everybody got this shit in. So. Yeah, also that apron slam when he hit Gargano with that apron slam. That looked really rough. Yeah, no. But uh, it's weird because one thing I'm going to complain. Um, so after the match is over, we get the Regal thing. We're going to run the Regal thing. And then, you know what, we'll run it first and then I'll tell you what my issue is with it. Excuse me, Mr. Regal. After all that's transpired tonight, I just wanted to get your thoughts on NXT TakeOver in your house. Um, it's been seven years since I became the GM of NXT and I've never seen so much bedlam. It's complete madness. I think it's time for a change. What does he mean he's never seen so much chaos before? And right. it's like, all that happened at the end there was the match, right? I mean, like, there and were And there moments, was a clean finish and shit. And he's there, like, oh, there were my God. the show where, like, I know O'Reilly and uh, Gargano got into it in the parking lot before the show. It was kind of <laughs> what made me laugh. And I think it was, oh, God, I can't remember who it was that was coming out for their match. It might have even been one of the main event guys. But, um... Shotzi, Ember, Gar- um, Gonzalez, and Kai were still going. We're still getting split up, but yeah, like there was there, there was only like two real cases of chaos tonight. It wasn't even like off the wall shit. Like. But that's what I mean about it. Like, if they wanted to do that, then after the match, they should have had a pull apart of some sort, some sort of chaos breakout. Then that then led into this happening. You know, like carrying cross wins, but then Adam Cole Hill hits him, and then they have to do that, and then he can't take him. It's like it ended clean, actually. He won. They had a celebration in the ring. His music played. The audience started to stand up and gather their shit. Everyone quietly went home. And then Regal was just like, oh, I can't take it anymore. I was like, what? (laughs) 
I love a fucking. I, love a I, fucking I was just on here last week. I was just on here last week talking about how how good it was where they did that chaotic scene where Adam Cole was being held back and at the same time Ember was going out there for the Kodakai and all these different pieces were coming together and Raquel and and how it really felt like yes today was really organized everybody social distanced they wore their masks they you know they left in an orderly fashion Regal's the Regal lost it <laughs> I love a fucking Spartan Jesus is like motherfucker Jericho pissed in your teeth you in the company for Katie Vick that was all chaos Jericho pissed in his tea and he just made a funny face. He just went. He made the face you make when your tea's cold. This though, he's like, I can't take it anymore. A submission into a submission? That does it. What are we, fucking savages? That guy had a submission on that guy, and then another guy submitted him at the same time? We're fucking animals. Oh, it was just so strange, man. Unbelievable. I think Cross earned it though. Whether you like his run or not, I think he definitely has he's earned his keep there, you know? Yeah. He he has gotten very much better. And I mean, now this is the real and like I don't count when he was champion for twenty four hours. This is his NXT Junkin championship run. And I mean the guy is he he looks he looks like that guy where if you see where if a bar fight breaks out, you pray to God he's on your side. I mean he hit it's like a ton of bricks. I love that new finisher he has where it's basically he hits the Saido and then he basically forearms you in the back of the fucking head. Like, that's some savage shit right there. Yeah, he comes off really brutal. So I'd like to see and exactly. Scarlet compliments him so well when it comes to like the when it comes to like the visual of those two. Mm-hmm. You know what looks good? This on me. You know what doesn't look good? People talking trash. For three weeks and not being able to back it up. NXT takeover in your house? My house! And when I say this company's behind me, you're damn right they are. Because I don't give them a choice! <sighs> because no matter where the time is told, in the end, everybody pays the toll. And tonight, I just punched a hole through the Mount Rushmore of N. X-G. That might be the most accurate thing I think I've heard him say. Because he really just beat four of the most successful NXT competitors in that company's history. Yeah, no, there's no question about that. You know what was funny? I was, when I, when I got in today, I, I was like, I got, I got bored. And I was like, fuck it, let's see what's on Tubi. I started watching Lucha Underground. You know he was there too. Oh, yeah? No, I yeah, never, you know I never watched Lucha Underground. He was with, uh, with Paul London. Oh, yeah? How was he? He was intimidating, so. The problem is, is he showed up in season four, I think, in like the second half. Because he came off really green when he was here at first. Yeah, I think because I know he was he was in Lucha Underground. Then he was in Impact and then he came here. I don't know what happened between Impact and when he first got to NXT. But then again, in Impact, he was mostly hanging out with Austin Aries. So I guess he had to remember how to sell people's finishers and shit because, you know, that's a thing. <laughs> yeah, well. I'm interested to see where it goes. And again, you guys know I don't really have many complaints about the stuff that's been happening in regards to uh, NXT. I think it's been uh, a very solid company. Shame, Ron. Shame, WWE. Can't keep up with that. Yeah. Well, overall, what do you think of the pay-per-view? It wasn't the best takeover I've seen. But, I mean, it's takeover. Like, I really don't... I really never have many complaints when it comes to takeover. But it's just this one felt kind of like, let's get a takeover out there and kind of get it out of the way like Let's nothing really happened in. that 
change the landscape in NXT. They just so happen to have a strong enough roster and strong enough bookers that they can just throw together a good show whenever they yeah. want. <laughs> that was definitely that was definitely true. Like it was such a good show that that was really the only kind of thing where I'm like, man, nothing really changed. But I mean, all the matches were great. Everybody put on a fantastic show. Get Sam's old old ass off my TV screen. And whoever that woman is, I'm gonna need her to learn how to lip sync properly. But besides that, good show. Yes, absolutely. Very good indeed. That being said, guys, don't forget, tomorrow night, we'll be here once again, 11.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, following Monday Night Raw. Be able to find us on TalkBrunch.com, as well as Twitch, TV, and Facebook. So we'll have those platforms. And then, of course, thank you to the people who have hung out with us in this chat room. Spartan Jesus. Also, thank you for the hostess, Arcula Ice, EB Gamer, Seb the OG Pleb, Willie V2, Stasis Dreams, Run Mages, Lad MSB88, George Z, and of course, everyone listening on demand via podcast apps such as iTunes, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Podcast Addict, SoundCloud, and all other popular places podcasts are found. This has been wonderful. Once again, tomorrow night, we're going to get into the news, the dirt sheets, all of the other different things that are happening across the globe in the other realm of wrestling, as well as the AEW Dynamite review for the week. Raw and SmackDown. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to Talk Brunch Live, episode 461. This serves as your WWE In Your House NXT 2021 post show. I've been your host, Rick Dara, a.k.a. Captain Brunch. For myself and my co-host, Destin Soglow Frazier. We're out of here. Now get out of my house. Shut it down.